We're confused. We're Asian. We're Zoomers. I'm Yihong. I'm Dina. We're two teens just trying to navigate the mess that is American politics. So welcome to today's episode. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Confused Asian Zoomers. Today, it's just going to be Yihong talking. And this is our first episode since Biden took office. And it's quite fitting because today's episode is just a brief recap, essentially, about the American Rescue Plan. Now, today is March 11th, 2021, uh, which means that today is the day that President Biden signed the American Rescue Plan uh, into legislation. Uh, it was passed by the House yesterday after it was passed by the Senate earlier this week. And so why is this important? Well, number one, the $1.9 trillion price tag on this piece of legislation makes it one of the largest and most expensive pieces of legislation and economic economic stimulus packages in our nation's history. Um, I can't remember a time when it was this expensive since World War II, so this is pretty significant. But it's quite fitting for the times because we are in a both a pandemic and a recession, so... Yeah, let's get into it. I basically did um, extensive reading of NPR and Router so that you didn't have to. So stay tuned to the rest of the, this episode to um, kind of get a brief rundown of what's in the package. Uh, I won't cover everything, and I'm sure that my research wasn't extensive enough, but uh, here's what I got. So, yep, keep listening if you want to know. So first of all, the most obvious and the one that everyone cares about parts of this rescue plan is the $1,400 stimulus checks to all adults. So um, the it initially had an income um, cut off at 200000 for couples, I believe, and uh, 100000 for individuals. Um, but because of moderate Democrats like Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, um, they had to reduce that. So now uh, for couples, the number is 150000 mm-hmm. So every adult making less than that will receive $1,400. And the initial promise that Joe Biden made was 2000 And now people are saying, oh, he meant 600 from last year's CARES Act and plus the, 12, uh, the 1400 now. Um, now, do I think that that's correct? No. I'll get into that later, I guess. But for now, yes, everyone will be receiving $1,400 uh, checks. Uh, number two, there's child tax credit. That means that um, everyone... Uh, every child can, for every child you have, you can take $3,000 off of your taxable income. Uh, that's uh, for six to 17 year olds. And for um, ages zero to six, I believe the number is 3,600. And that basically means that um, for every child you have, you can have your income that you tax on be lower, which means you pay less taxes, which makes sense because um, people are struggling to make ends meet right now. And being able to reduce your taxable income is important. Now, also, uh, what is very clearly not on the bill is the minimum wage increase, which is what a lot of progressive were pu- progressives were pushing for. They're pushing for that $15 uh, minimum wage increase. And that was turned down because of the Senate parliamentarian who's in charge of all of the Senate rules and deciding what can and cannot be in legislation decided that there could not be minimum wage um, increase in this uh, act. And that's important. I guess uh, it's important to know that because we can't just blame Joe Biden or the Democrats in the Senate for that because this has to do with rules in the Senate. There's rules that government has to follow. And we'll get into that more, but just for now, it's because this bill was passed through reconciliation, which is a process in which the um, party controlling all of D.C. sometimes uses to get big budget things passed. And we'll talk more about that later on in the episode. But yes, no minimum wage. Now, 
Um, another thing is education. $128 billion will uh, be given in grants to state education agencies, $39 billion to higher education, and $15 billion to child care and development programs. Um, this is important as well because, as we know, a lot of politicians are pushing for reopening the schools, and even Joe Biden himself said that uh, he said something about summer school, which I don't remember being part of the plan, um, but also um, all Paul, everyone wants schools to be back open because I don't think anyone's getting a good enough education by doing this virtual situation. And also a lot of lower income people don't have the stable inter internet connection or the devices required to do virtual schooling. So it's important that we're funding education. Um, there's also student loan forgiveness. There isn't actually any forgiveness itself, but the bill does say that any forgiven debt up until 2026 is tax-free, which basically means that, let's say I have a student loan that normally I would pay off through like $1,000 payments per month. Now, uh, if there's any student loan forgiveness and I don't have to spend that 1,000, that new quote-unquote income that I have that I get to keep instead of paying off, I don't have to have taxed, which is good for college students who, number one, and during a recession, it's quite difficult to find a job when you're graduating. The job market right now, um, not good. So it's important that these college students who are probably in debt already aren't getting taxed higher. So that's a good thing as well. And um, also along with education, there's low income assistance. Uh, $4.5 billion is going to low income home energy assistance program, which helps low income families and individuals pay for their heating and cooling, which I think that we as Texans, or at least I here in Frisco, Texas, uh, knows is important um, considering the power outages we had three weeks ago and also... We'll be talking more about power outages and why Texas' uh, power grid is crappy in a future episode. But um, it's important that utilities are covered for those who can't pay for it. Because um, for a lot of us, since we're sheltered in home right now during quarantine, uh, people need those utilities to live. I don't think anyone wants to live in a house uh, where it's burning hot or freezing cold and it's difficult to survive. So it's good that we're putting some funding into that. And also, um, $38 billion plus dollars are going to food programs for low-income seniors. I think that's a good thing, too. I think to anyone who hears that, um, making sure that our seniors, especially those who are struggling to um, afford to live, are getting food. That's always a good thing, right? Now, as for COVID-19 response itself, $7.5 billion is going straight to the CDC. And $48 billion uh, additionally will be going to testing, tracing, and supplies across the country. So that just means that money will be sent uh, to help fund um federally set up testing sites, uh, help with contact tracing, and also pay for supplies in terms of like PPE, uh, more uh, like gloves, masks that those testing sites need. So yes, that um, total, what's that, $55.5 billion is going to COVID directly. And uh, I want to make a point right here that a lot of Republicans say that only 9% of this bill goes directly to COVID relief. And so that's kind of where they're getting the number from. They're getting it from the stimulus check situation and the COVID funding itself. Now, I'm not sure what exactly the point is in that rebuttal because this isn't just a COVID bill. It's a stimulus economic rescue plan. So the vast majority is going towards economic relief because economic relief is a direct result of the pandemic that we're in right now. And I'm going to talk more about these Republican uh, caveats to this bill later on. But the whole 9% number, don't fall for it, please. Now, also, the bill helps 
essentially bail out, bail out or cover industries. Number one, uh, it sends assistance to the Payment Protection Program and the Small Business Administration. Now, this basically means that small businesses get help with the bill. I think that's important because small businesses, as a lot of politicians say, are kind of the backbone of the American economy. So it's important that our small businesses are getting support that they need and also allocates money to the transportation industries. This means the airline and airport industries, which have had significant shrinks during the past um, year. I think most airlines reported major losses because people aren't supposed to be internationally or just domestically traveling anyways. Not that people are listening, considering during Christmas time, Texas had some of its highest air travel rates of the year. Not good. Shame on you if uh, you went recklessly flying. But yeah, it's important that our airline industries are getting support. It also um, um, gives money to the aerospace manufacturing industry. I'm not sure why um, that essentially is getting money, but I guess SpaceX, NASA, Boeing, uh, these American companies, they need money, I guess. I don't know how I feel about that because I don't think that right now our priority should be developing rockets. I mean, there was a successful SpaceX launch. Uh, what was it? Oh, NASA uh, landed a rover on Mars. Great, I guess, human innovation. But I think right now the priority should be economic stimulus. So not a fan of that. And it also gives some money to Amtrak, which is um, the train system that we have. <laughs> Speaking of train systems, I think that what it should be funding in the future, uh, Biden's next legislative plan is to focus on infrastructure. We need funding for high-speed rail, ASAP. I think that is the number one infrastructure priority of America, along with, you know, fixing roads and bridges. Now, also in terms of housing, $25 billion is given in rental assistance, which is important because we've had huge rates of evictions and the eviction moratorium wasn't extended because the last um, economic package um, expired in July and we haven't had an, a moratorium since. So it's important that we're having rental assistance. And also it gives $5 billion to emergency housing vouchers. This basically means for any, let's say, victims of abuse or rape or they're in a, in a dangerous environment at home, this basically means that they can find emer federal emergency housing if they need it. Uh, that's important as well because as a lot of us are spending more time at home, there's a lot of people who don't have the luxury of being able to um, stay at home with their families because maybe they have an abusive parents or maybe they have parents who are drug addicts so yeah we have to it's important to consider all these different aspects so that money is well spent now that's kind of the general gist of the basic stats that i found by researching there's a ton more um that goes into all different industries in america but let's talk about the benefits for a bit so the major benefits is that uh, economic uh, economists have projected that this package um, will help the economy grow by 6.5%. Uh, that's compared to 2.3% in 2019 um, pre-pandemic. And this is mostly thanks to the robust federal aid that we're finally getting by this package. Um, but it's important to note that, yes, 6.5% growth is great, but we're coming out of a recession. Our economy um, is in a ditch right now. So it's pretty expected that there would be growth. I don't think this is something we should applaud necessarily because um, any administration, any president's job should be to fix the economy, especially when we're in um, a depression like this. So yeah, there's that. Um, I am happy that this economic package is so big because I think it's important that we go big and not go home. Um, uh, it's also going to have, this is the greatest economic growth that we're going to have since the eighties with this new package. And what's really great about this is that it heavily benefits the lower working and middle-class families the most. I think that that's important because the working and middle-class families are the ones that are most affected 
by this economic crisis in the first place. The rich, the top 1% of the 1%, as Bernie Sanders would say, has gained a trillion dollars in wealth during this pandemic, while the lower and middle class has taken the full brunt of the losses in the economy. So thank God that this package is disproportionately helping the lower class. We're always talking about disproportionate. This is a good disproportionate benefit. And um, that's heavily opposed to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act by the Trump administration back in 2017, which completely benefited the top 1% and didn't help the middle class. So I'm glad that there's um, an administration and a government that's trying to help uh, the blue-collar workers. So yes, that's good. Now, as for, on the opposite side, the worries, uh, there's fears of inflation. Now, uh, inflation basically means, for anyone who doesn't understand, uh, that basically means when the value of the dollar drops and prices go up. And that's basically because money in circulation increases. And there's worries about this because, because of all this economic stimulus with these checks and bailouts and loans, it basically means there's going to be more money in the economy uh, and people are going to be spending their stimulus checks quickly because people need that relief. And when people start spending, that drives up prices. And there's a the fear that, that uh, the inflation will get too bad. Um, there hasn't been significant inflation yet in the past 30 years or so. And so economists are just kind of waiting to see if inflation ever happens. Right now, the with adding more to the deficit and putting more money into circulation right now, there isn't too many fears of inflation, but it's always something to worry about. And uh, another worry is the increase in the deficit. Uh, the current deficit that we have right now is already twice that it was in 2009 during the Great Recession. And it's the largest that we've had since World War II. And for people who don't know, a deficit basically means uh, however much money the federal government is spending as opposed to how much it's making. So by making, that's like through bonds, taxes. Um, so basically, the government is spending a lot more than it has. And the government always does this. I don't remember. Our budget is very rarely balanced in this country. Uh, our debt just kind of keeps increasing. And it isn't really expected that our debt or deficit ever does get paid off for those concerned about it. I, I will say I am not an economics major. I'm a high school junior, so I can't speak to full length or detail about this. But personally, I don't have too many worries about deficit because the deficit just kind of exists and we just deal with it. Um, if anyone knows what Keynesian economics is, that's basically the belief that during an economic crisis, the government's job is to spend a lot to get the economy back afloat. And for anyone who doesn't believe in Keynesian economics, um, please take a push and learn about the New Deal and the Great Depression, because what did pull this country out of the last biggest depression uh, in the 30s was huge government spending through the New Deal and ultimately World War II, in which the government basically created a bunch of jobs. And that's basically what we're doing right now. We're not going to get through this by conservative economics, and we're not going to get through this by fiscal conservatism. We're going to get through this by government spending, because right now, in an economic crisis especially, the government's job is to pull us up by the bootstraps. We can't do that ourselves, especially not when the job market, what jobs are there to get in the first place? We can't just reopen the economy because COVID is still a thing. Uh, everyone has lost a lot of money, so it's the federal government's job to help. Now... As for Republican response to this, um, they're saying this is a Democratic wish list and they are extremely worried about the deficit. Now, as for the Democratic wish list, um, the American people voted Democrats. 
into D.C. They voted a majority in the House, the Senate, and they voted the president as a Democrat. Um, slim majorities, maybe. But you have to remember that this country is gerrymandered um, to hell and back. And also that the Senate heavily favors Republicans just by the way that it's built. It's a heavily undemocratic system in the first place. So the fact that Democrats are able to control all of the chambers of Congress as well as the presidency is already significant in itself. And I think that because of that, it's kind of a mandate that Democrats should be able to um, play out and you know enforce their own agenda. That's kind of why they're there. Would you like for them to make so many setbacks and concessions to Republicans? That's what I'm sickest of, is Democrats being way too soft. And I'm glad that Democrats, for once, are kind of standing up and saying, no, uh, we're not going to make all these concessions to these smaller amendments and packages that Republicans are offering. Um, the Republican offer counter offer was only $600 billion by um, Senate Republicans. Uh, yeah, that's not big enough. If anything we learned from 2009, most economists believe that the 2009 stimulus package was too small, which kind of explains why Biden right now wants the package to be big. He wants to go big because he doesn't want to repeat the mistakes of 2009, in which it took 10 years to recover from a recession. Yeah, so that's why Biden is going so big. Um, they're also Republicans are worried about the deficit. Um, now, I guess it's a fair point to be worried about the deficit, but it's quite hypocritical for them because for the past four years, they haven't mentioned deficit. They have said nothing about it, especially when Trump increased the um, the national debt by $7.8 trillion. Um, he really is the debt king himself, uh, considering when his tax forms got released. I don't know why Republicans are suddenly worried about it. They only worry about it when the opposition party is in office. They don't actually care about the deficit. They care about um, not enforcing any legislation that actually benefits the American people. That's seriously what they care about. They're crying wolf now. They didn't do it for the past four years because their king was the president. So I don't want to hear it from them. Um, another Republican thing that I thought was very stupid was Lindsey Graham going on Fox News and saying that the bill is basically reparations for black farmers. Now for some context. Um, along with the bill, there's a lot of agriculture assistance because it's important that our farmers are helping because they feed us, right? And so one of the parts of the bill is it gives assistance to socially disadvantaged farmers. And by socially disadvantaged, that basically means farmers of color, black, Latino, Asian. And it basically pays off 120% of loans, uh, which estimates to about $4 billion in the package. And the additional 20% in that 120% uh, is said to be intended to pay off taxes associated uh, with those loan payments. Um, so provisions to assist farmers are always good, right? And why are we doing this? Well, it's because, I guess... Our government kind of owes it to our farmers of color. If you know anything about American history, um, farmers of color have always gotten the short end of the stick. We can talk about USDA not giving aid to black farmers. We can talk about sharecropping. We can talk about the systemic ways in which black and uh, farmers of color are kept out of property ownership. Uh, how during the New Deal, it was an inherently racist system where um, black farmers uh, were purposely kept out of receiving aid. So yes, I guess you could call this reparations in a sense, but the way in which Lindsey Graham said it on Fox News was honestly so racially charged. He was basically trying to pit white and black against each other like Republicans and he normally does. He's basically saying that, oh, if you're a white farmer, you don't get anything. Now, yes, I will say I'm not entirely sure why we separated based on race on this one. I don't know if it's fair to white farmers. But I think it's fair that our farmers of color are finally getting help of any sort by this government. It's a huge win 
for farmers of color, but I think that all of our farmers should get assistance. So I will say I'm a bit on the fence about that issue. Now, bipartisanship. Uh, I'm kind of jumping around topics here, but bipartisanship. Basically, this bill was entirely partisan. Not a single Republican voted for this bill. Uh, There's several reasons for that. Number one, Biden did not take any of the moderate meat, as I call it. He didn't take a single offer from Republicans. Um, He made as minimal concessions as possible. Um, He still made several because, not because of Republicans, but because of Democrats themselves. We have these super moderate and honestly conservative Democrats like Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of sad that we had to pull some of these things out of the bill. But, again, Biden learned from 2009. Uh, Moderation isn't the way to go when it comes to economic recession like this. Democrats were voted in, so Democrats will decide what happens. Now, as for the bill itself, we talked about reconciliation a bit before in the episode, so let's talk about that now. So, reconciliation is essentially a process that was written into the new constitutional rules back in the 20th century. And basically, um, it's used only for Senate budget, uh, federal, when the Senate gets to write the budget for the year. Reconciliation can be used then, which basically means that a simple majority in both the House and the Senate can be used to pass things. So the way that it works is that the House will make, uh, no, how is it? The House will make a proposal, it goes to the Senate, the Senate makes amendments, votes on it, and sends it back to the House. Whereas normally a bill gets introduced in the House, goes to the Senate, and in the Senate has to pass a 60-vote threshold. Now with reconciliation, you only need a simple majority of 51. Um, this is important because Democrats right now have 50-50 in the Senate, and uh, Vice President Kamala Harris is the 51st tie-breaking vote. And so this process of reconciliation uh, isn't very often used. It's not encouraged to be used. It was used back with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that the Trump administration and Republicans passed. And I'd say it's not the best process to use because it essentially cuts out the minority party. Um, but I will say, uh, when you start playing games, you get played. The Democrats use the game that Republicans played against them. And I think that this was a more productive use of that because through this process, we were able to pass such sweeping economic reform. Um, Now, the caveats of reconciliation are that there are certain things you can't do. For example, the Senate parliamentarian decided that minimum wage increases can't be part of the budget passed through reconciliation. So that's why there's that. So we can't just go blaming people for things. Remember, there's rules. Reconciliation has certain limitations. Um, Now, lastly, the big question is, is this package too big? And should we have been more focused and targeted? My opinion is no. Congress is slow as hell. I think we know this. It took us, honestly, the rescue package that we have now that passed in a month and a half is honestly the fastest I've ever seen them do anything um, since last year. It's quite impressive. I think it's important to know how government works and that it takes time. And we know from history that Congress takes forever to get anything done. If we had broken this bill down into multiple different um, acts in which we targeted economic stimulus and then economic reform and then like bailouts for different industries, it would have taken forever. The American people voted for a progressive democratic government and that progressive democratic government has delivered. And now we're getting the stimulus that we need. We're getting at least some of the um, reforms and economic stimulus that we were promised during the election cycle. Uh, This is why John Ossoff and Reverend Warnock were voted into the Senate to give us that majority. And I'm glad that Democrats finally acted on what they did without giving in to Republican demands for once. So at the end of the day, this American Rescue Plan, we'll have to see how it passes. But what a historic day for our um, nation. Such a huge piece of legislation has passed. 
the Democrats have finally delivered, and we'll have to see how this plays out. I hope the economy can reform. And uh, to end it all, to end this episode, I will say, um, stay safe. Continue wearing a mask to our Texans. Uh, Governor Abbott's opinion is kaput. Wear a mask. Um, get vaccinated when you can. Make sure we're prioritizing our seniors and uh, people pre- pre-existing conditions. But yes, get vaccinated and continue to wear masks and stay safe. And to all of our Zoomers, don't be a jerk. We'll see you next time. Peace out. <laughs>